Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your divine presence that is always with us. Thank you for your spirits within us that teaches us all things, uh, even all things in the light of uh, the truth of redemption and salvation. We trust and believe that as we look into your word, the eyes of our hearts are open, they are enlightened to know uh, you in the fullness of your glory and your beauty. And even as we know you, we shall also see and know ourselves in you. Uh, we shall see that we are not separate and apart from you, but we shall see that we are in joint union together with you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, so we'll be continuing in the series, uh, The Gospel Revealed in Galatians, or in Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And uh, in our last session, we spent quite a bit of time, um, I, I guess, just rounding up on, uh, you know, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, more specifically verse 4. Uh, however, we, we also made reference to 1 Peter chapter 2, and uh, that, that was where we, we uh, tabernacled on, you know, uh, you know, in looking into the aspect of um you know uh of of jesus bearing up our sins right and um so that we will uh we will be able to live unto righteousness right um actually first um so that we will be dead to sin right we'll be dead to sins we'll be removed away from sins and um, established in a place whereby we are able to live to God, right? Whereby we are alive unto God, whereby we share in the same likeness as our God, you know. And, and we also saw that, um, you know, in First Peter chapter 2, where it says, by his stripes, you know, we were healed. Uh, and, and we saw that that place, that word stripes there means wounds, right? And we ask the question, who, who inflicted the wounds upon him? Uh, and, and it's so easy to understand that it was what our sins. So by the act of him taking up our sins upon his body, right, um, that inflicted the wounds upon him, right? And, and he now says that by his stripes, we were healed. Okay, so meaning that by, by him lifting up our sins, right, and beyond just lifting up our sins, but also raising us up from the dead, that is where our healing comes. So we, the, we, we notice that the healing being spoken of there is not speaking about physical healing in terms of sicknesses or diseases and all that. Uh, well, I'm, I, I would say physical sicknesses and physical diseases, but the, the, the healing will be a healing from our sins, right? So the sickness and the disease that it will be speaking of is our sins, okay? So uh, I'm just saying that based on context. Now again, I'm not saying that that uh, particular scripture, um, you know, where Peter quoted from, right, cannot apply. So Peter quoted from Isaiah. We we spoke about that in the last session, and and we saw that, um, you know, even in Isaiah, <laughs> so many things had to be uh, explained 
in more detail. Uh, you know, we looked at different translations and actually saw that, um, you know, it, 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 in the KJV where it says that it pleased God to bruise him. We saw that in 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 uh, in the oldest manuscript of the of the Old Testament, it it was actually rendered differently. It was actually rendered as the Lord healed or the Lord cleaned or the Lord purged his bruises, the Lord purged his wounds. Yeah. So we we were able to see God. If you have time, you really should go listen to the previous series. If you haven't listened to the previous session, right? Um, we 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 really um explain that in detail and that god is not the one who smites right god did not afflict jesus he didn't smite jesus he didn't pour his wrath upon jesus as a result of him taking taking our sins upon him uh, rather we see his action as the healer we see the his action as the cleanser right the one who healed our diseases uh i mean um the one who healed the stripes of Jesus, right? The wounds of Jesus caused or inflicted by our sins, right? We see him as the one who cleanses. We see him as the one who purges, right? So it is very important for us to understand that because, um, like I said in the last session, that if you do not have a proper understanding of God's nature, it also reflects in your own... See, whatever you believe about God's nature, actually influences your own conduct towards men yeah whatever you believe about god's nature influences your conduct towards men so if you believe god to be a smiter of people's sins yeah or an afflictor of people's sins guess what in your conduct towards men right when or if they sin um you would also afflict you would also smite Rather than you cleansing them from their sins, rather than you purging them from their wounds, what you'll be doing is that you will be afflicting. You'll be smiting. Why? Because you also believe God to do that. Which is not true because we don't see that in the character of Jesus. Remember, Jesus is the express image, is the revelation of the Father. And so whatever we do not see in Jesus, we cannot say that that is what we also see in God. It's not possible, right? So it is very, very vital for us to understand that. And that's what we saw in Isaiah, you know, where we were able to clarify without any reasonable or beyond any um, reasonable doubt that, uh, you know, that God is the one doing the healing. You know, God is the one doing the cleansing. God is the one doing the purging. And once you have that nature, I mean, once you have that understanding of God's nature, it, it changes a lot for you in terms of your understanding of salvation. And it also changes a lot in respect to the way you relate to other men, um, either when they sin or to other people who have not yet believed the gospel. You know, so rather than you attacking their sins and attacking their this thing or their actions, you are rather providing the solution in the gospel message, right? In the death of Jesus, of him bearing up those sins uh, and giving them his life so that they can now live according to the righteousness so that they can now live according to the likeness of God. All right. Okay. So that was just a brief. Uh, <laughs> that was just a brief uh, recap of what we covered last week. Again, if you have not listened to the last session, please, I really implore you to do so, uh, and I trust that you will be blessed by it. 
So we'll be moving on um, and going back to our theme um, theme book or theme letter, which is Galatians, right? So we'll go back to Galatians chapter one, and we're going to f- focus largely on the verse six to verse seven. Uh, I think it's it's going to be an exciting one, and <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to taking a deep dive uh, into those verses. So, so Galatians chapter one, from verse six to seven. Galatians one six to seven. Okay, it says, "I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another." But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Hmm. That's uh, such a, a very interesting statement by Paul there. You know, um, I think I said this in, the, in either the first or the second uh, session of this series. Uh, that, you know, this, this, this um, style of writing by Paul here is quite unlike him. Especially when you compare it to his other letters. You know, in the other letters, um, of course, he will introduce himself. Um, you will always see grace and peace also being mentioned. And then afterwards, you will see him pray for the saints, right? You know, oh, I thank my God always. You know, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that your love may abound more and more. You will always find him, you know, praying and all those things like that. But in this epistle <laughs> to the Galatians, Paul just goes straight to to uh to the reason for writing his letter you know uh, and which shows you the importance of what he was speaking about and how urgent he needed to be in in delivering this message in fact you'll find that he was speaking with quite a bit of emotion too uh i mean look at what he says in verse six he says i marvel right uh, the, the word marvel means i am awestruck <laughs> you know i'm amazed that you, you, the, you guys, so that's the Galatians, are what are so soon or so quickly removed from him, right, that called you into the grace of Christ. So so it was a bit, a bit of a shock. And, and we're going to see that throughout the course of this letter, where we'll see Paul, uh, you know, where, where we are able to feel the emotions in Paul's words, you know, as to how important this matter is to him right uh of which okay you know we're going to explain what that matter is you know so he said i marvel i'm amazed that you are what so soon or quickly removed or transferred or changed from him yeah from him that's what that called you into or what called there means that identified you all right or that has revealed your identity or your true identity in the grace of christ Okay, so, so what were they in previously, right? They were in the identity, right? They were in the identity revealed by God in the grace of Christ, right? That was where they were called. If you look at that word called, it's the word kaleo, uh, which means to be called, to be named, to be identified. So, it, it therefore means that they moved away, they transferred from their true identity revealed in the grace of Jesus 
into another kind or like it says here into another gospel okay yeah so so rather than staying remember when it says to be removed means that you were previously established somewhere right so it means that the believer the saint is one that is established in the calling into god's grace or into the grace of christ right i'm gonna say again a believer is one who has been called who has been identified right in the grace of christ jesus very important but one will say oh what grace what grace remember we um, paul mentioned it in verse 3 to to verse 4 right grace to or grace in you even peace from god our father and our lord jesus christ who gave himself for our sins so what is god's grace here well well, one can say that god's grace is also his peace yeah or the peace there uh, which means to be joined to be made one right to be made one with god yeah so one can also define that to be to to be what grace is but then in verse 4 he now even explained it in detail right it tells us that that grace is the giving of jesus for our sins okay so um and in verse 4 he's saying that god right so when he says from him the him there is speaking about god so god identified us right god identified us in his grace which also means that god identified us in the giving of himself for our sins yeah god identified us or god called notice past tense right it's in past tense it's, it's not as uh, so though we are still being called it, it is a once and for all action he identified us in the grace of christ or he identified us in jesus giving himself for our sins all right so that so that is the gospel yeah which we have believed or which we are established in that's gospel in which we're established in so meaning that you know god is the one who brings or who gives the sacrifice right so we identify with the sacrifice that god himself gave (laughs) well the sacrifice is himself and that's where peace now comes in what does peace mean to be joined together so we are joined together with that sacrifice do you see how this all connects together it's so beautiful right so we are joined we are identified with the 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 person of jesus in the giving of himself to us so which is why paul was saying in uh in Romans 6, you know, we are buried with him in baptism, in his death, right? We are raised up together with him. That's where the word peace comes in, to join, to make one, yeah, to make one together. And so, uh, the, the, the gospel that we believe, or we have believed, is our identifying or, uh, or seeing our identity, right, in union or in the union of, um, of ourselves, with jesus or with the sacrifice of jesus does that make sense see now i'm really trying to emphasize this and make this clear because we would then use that to understand what the other gospel is i'll read it again verse 6 i marvel i'm amazed i'm awestruck that ye are so soon removed 
that you are so soon trans you have so soon transferred from him or from God who has identified you right or who has revealed to you your identity in the grace of Christ okay unto another gospel so meaning that the word another there means a different kind or a total contrast to what you have previously believed so it's another gospel a different kind of gospel so what will be the contrast right the contrast will be that you have not been called into the grace of christ or you have not been identified in the in the grace of christ or you've not been identified in the giving of jesus as a sacrifice for our sins so meaning that um you know instead of god being the one bringing the sacrifice right we do the opposite yeah so the gospel so the different gospel says that no 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 it is not god that brings the sacrifice it is not god that gives himself for our sins no Mm-mm. you have to be the one to what to bring the sacrifice to god <laughs> yeah you are the one that have to bring the sacrifice to god it isn't until you do that then god will now save you or that god will now identify you in himself so that will be the different kind that will be the different gospel that was being preached to the galatians which unfortunately they unfortunately they 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 changed to right they changed to so and, and which is well i mean you can't blame blame them because that's always man's desire man always feels that he has to do first he has to put in the effort first before he receives the benefits of his own works yeah but paul is saying that no 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 that is not what you have believed that was not the gospel you know if he says that unto another gospel it means that the gospel is god calling you into the grace of christ that's the gospel that's the gospel what's the contrary no god did not call you into his grace right god did not call you or identify you in the sacrifice of his son god did not identify you in him giving the sacrifice for sins you have to be the one to bring this sacrifice yeah or you have to rely on your own works before you're saved yeah so that was what paul was marveled and awestruck and amazed at okay look look at verse 7 he says which is not another now that that might kind of seem a bit confusing it's like ah, but you just said in verse 6 that it is another gospel and now in verse 7 why is paul saying which is not another well you'll be uh, it, will, it, it will interest you to know that the word another in verse 6 the greek word for another in verse 6 is different from the greek word for another in verse 7 the another in verse 6 means a different kind a total contrast right a different kind of gospel but the one in verse 7 means of the same kind i know (laughs) it's very interesting right it means of the same kind so the way it ought to be read is i mean if if i was to to translate this i would say it as i marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, into a different kind of gospel, which is not of the same kind, right, that we preach. 
I mean, that's 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 what I, I would say, right? That's what I would say. So, so because when you read it as ah, which is not another, you're now confused. Ah, Paul, are you saying that the gospel they are preaching is the same one as our own? You know, but no, that's not what he meant. Yeah. So verse seven says, which is not of the same kind, of the same kind of what? The same kind of gospel that we preach. Because the gospel they preach is a different kind. It's not the same. It's not the same. Right? So he's saying that he's saying there that it is not of the same kind of gospel. What is the same kind of gospel that you have been called into the grace of Christ? That you your your identity has been revealed, right? In God giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Does that make sense? Very, very important. Yeah, and so he goes on. He says unto another gospel. So it means that so when he speaks of another gospel, right? What, what, what is a gospel? Uh, glad tidings, good news, or a message that is preached or announced, right? So it means that it 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 was a, it, there was a different message, right? There was there were different messages. There there was a different teaching that was communicated to the the, the brethren in Galatia that caused them to change away from the from from the calling or the identifying of themselves in the sacrifice of Jesus anyways i think i might be getting ahead of myself because we will see a more detailed explanation as we read on in galatians okay but i'll read verse 7 you see which is not another or which is not of the same kind of gospel that we preach but but there be some that what that trouble you. So it therefore means that these teachings or this gospel, right, is to trouble the believer. What does it mean to trouble? The word trouble there means to take out of place, to agitate, to cause one to move to and fro from a fixed position. So rather than a believer being fixed or being established, in the gospel of being identified in the grace of Christ or being identified in God giving himself freely to us as a sacrifice for our sins right um the the believer is tossed to and to and fro from that message the believer is agitated from that message and begins to think ah maybe what God did is not enough maybe I still need to do this and this and this and this and and I mean I, if I want to go practical I always use the example of giving because many many believers really have that mindset where they feel that it is by them giving money to God that God will bless them more with more money you know so they they basically turn God to a stock market or to a crypto market yeah, Lord, if I give you a hundred dollars or I'm sowing a hundred dollars so that I will reap two hundred dollars back. <laughs> Can you imagine? So they believe or think that it is by their doing that God will now do to them, which is a total contradiction to what we see in scriptures. Rather, we see God as being the one who gives, who gives, who gives. He's the one who gives. He gives first. And then we do what? We do the receiving of what he has given. We do the receiving of what, of what he has given. That is our part. But a different kind of gospel will say, no, no, no. God only blesses those who give. So it isn't unto you give that God will now bless you. 
but before then you are not blessed wow wow do you see that is the different kind of gospel again if we were to go in the context of their times the, it, you know it would be that look unless you circumcise yourself you are you are missing out you are missing out on on certain aspects of salvation in fact you are not even saved and so it wasn't until the second so that was what a different kind of gospel meaning that it is by your own works it is by your own sacrifice that you now get saved again contradiction opposite total opposite to what the true gospel is very important or they will say you know until you bap- until you are baptized in water ah you are missing out on so i mean you have some bit of uh, spiritual experiences but you'll be missing out on a full package of salvation again that is a different kind of gospel that's a different kind of gospel all right so let's let's go back to the scriptures so it says which is not of the same kind remember replace the word another there to of the same kind so it is not the of the same kind of gospel that we preach but there be some that agitate you they cause you to be told and through in what you have believed right and would pervert the what the gospel of christ so the word and there is means kai i mean it's the greek word kai which means even or indeed or also so the 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 teachings or the gospel troubling or agitating the saints right is the perverting of the gospel of christ okay i'll say it again so the the agitation or the believer or the saint being troubled yeah being troubled by this gospel is as a result of men twisting the word pervert there means to twist to turn they turn the gospel of christ or they turn the message of god giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins and they turn it the other way so they twist the, if you have that if you look into the word that word pervert um pervert it means to turn to change direction so basically instead of it being the direction of god giving himself for our sins they turn that direction to be us giving an offering or giving a sacrifice to god for our sins you see the difference very important so look this thing i'm saying here is <laughs> it, it gives you a a mode of understanding when a different kind of gospel is preached to you a gospel that is preached to you that tells you that it is by you doing right that then makes god respond to you in a certain way so by you giving for example like i mentioned or maybe by you um you know there are usually some some really weird things but anyways so basically by your own works then god will now respond in the form of blessing or in the form of salvation to you see once you have that understanding once you have that pattern of a different kind of gospel that is being preached to men i tell you that it will be easy for you to spot those kind of messages because such messages are still even prevalent in fact i'm going to show it to you that there were some other churches who had similar issues so it wasn't just galatia 
it wasn't just the 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 the, the, the churches in Galatians. Literally, in almost every letter, Paul addressed something like this because it was just so prevalent in the churches. Yeah. So what did they do? They turn, they twist, they change the direction of the gospel of Christ. Again, what is the gospel of Christ? God has identified you in the person of Jesus giving himself for our sin. So your identity, your true identity, yeah? Your true identity is 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 in Christ Jesus or is in union with Christ Jesus. That's where your true identity the different kind of gospel will say, mm, no. Mm-mm. See, you must sacrifice. You must do before you are now identified in Christ. Or before you are now saved. Right? And Paul was awestruck. Paul was Paul marveled at this. You know, that should be our attitude to such. When we hear such things, we shouldn't just say, oh, oh well, that's just what they believe. That's just what they teach. You know, we should have that same that same uh, emotion. You should be amazed. When you hear, you know, when, when you hear such things being said, you don't just, oh, okay, yeah, sure. That's just what, mm. we, we, are, we are livid about it. We're like, no, no, no way. No way. See, let's, let's, let's look at something quickly. I'll show you so that we will see a, a background of why Paul is acting this way. So let's go to Acts, Acts, uh, Acts 15. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. This will just be a, just a quick one. We will not give too much explanations here, but just to just show you um, Paul's attitude to such things. Look at this. Uh, Acts 15, verse 1. And certain men which came from Judea, taught the brethren. Notice this, a teaching, right? Certain men came from Judea and taught. So they taught, they gave a teaching. Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Wow! Look at this. This is in the church. In the church. Certain men came. And they were telling brethren, people who have already believed the gospel, that look, <laughs> that one that you, you believed is just there. <laughs> the actual salvation is that you are circumcised after the manner of. So the physical circumcision. Imagine telling grown men, yeah, telling grown men that they still needed to circumcise. <laughs> Can you imagine? And notice, notice that the issue is not even so much of circumcision in itself. Right, because when we believe the gospel, we we also were circumcised in our hearts. That would be Colossians chapter two. Uh, you know, you can do that, or you can look look that up. But the issue is the circumcision after or according to the manner of Moses. So meaning the physical circumcision, right? The physical circumcision. That was what was being spoken about. So he said that except you do that, you cannot be saved. Now look at look at verse two. He says, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small, look at this, he says, they had no small dissension and disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. 
you see, do you see Paul and Bar- Paul and Barnabas were were like the pastors in 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 uh, in the church in Antioch. Yeah. So they they did not. They were like what 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 is it? Okay, let me read it in the in the NIV in the NIV. Okay, look at this. It says this. That's verse two. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp disputes and debates with them. Right. It took sharp. You see, they did not just say, oh, "Okay, well, uh, I mean, they are our brethren, you know. They are just the same brethren from Jerusalem, Judea. Um, we, don't worry, we can address it later. Let them just keep on talking." He said, "No, no, no," and and rightly so. And rightly so, making sure that the flock do not take in such ridiculous messages. Yeah, he said, "Paul and Barnabas, they sharp, sharp disputes, debates." Look at what the NLT says. See the NLT. NLT says, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them. <laughs> he said, no, we don't agree with this message. What nonsense. That's not that's not true. Because what? He said they disagreed with them. Arguing <laughs> arguing vehemently. You see. <laughs> arguing vehemently. It's not something they just uh, took lightly that, oh, well, <laughs> again, these are just our brothers. Ah, from Judea, headquarters. Ah, no, why are we to argue? No, let them just preach. We just don't worry. We can deal with it in a small manner. We can deal with it in one in a one-on-one manner. No, no. Right there, in front of the whole church, they disagreed. Arguing vehemently. Right? Arguing vehemently. It's not something they took lightly. Look at Look at the, the Berean literal Bible. <laughs> look, at the, look at what it says. It says, Having been brought about then, no small commotion <laughs> and discussion. So it wasn't just like, okay, let's just have a dialogue about this. No, it was a back and forth. No way. Ah, what do you mean, circumcised? That's totally contrary to the gospel. Because we are those who are, circum- we are of the circumcision who worship God in spirit and in truth. Not the physical cutting away of the flesh. No. But rather a spiritual work done in the heart of men. Whereby the, the, the old heart or the stony heart is removed. And we are given the heart of flesh or we are given God's spirit. That's the true circumcision. So it was no small commotion. It wasn't just something they just uh, put under the table. They dealt with it immediately. They disagreed with them. They, 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 they took it as a serious argument. So much so that it needed to go to Jerusalem for the apostles to deal with. That's how see, see, that is how serious we take any other gospel or any gospel that is different and contrary to the gospel of Christ. That's how we deal with it. We don't joke about it. We, we don't just take it lightly. We don't just put it under the table or throw it under the rug. We, we take it head on. We ask questions. We go into debates. We go into the scriptures concerning such matters. We don't think. You see, that's why in Galatians 1.4, I marvel. I'm amazed. I'm awestruck. I can't believe. I'm, I'm, I can't believe that you, you are so soon removed and changed and transferred from the gospel of Christ. From you being identified in his grace. From you being identified in joint union with him. When he gave himself for our sins. Yeah? We don't joke about it. We don't joke about it. Okay. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 11. 
2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Okay. So, 2 Corinthians 11, verse, from verse 3. But I fear. <laughs> Look at this. But I fear. But I'm terrified. Lest by any means. You see, this is the thing that, that really makes you worried concerning the saints. Yeah? When you hear that ah, such messages are going around and everything like, oh my God, you, you don't want to take it for lightly. You want to reach out to the saints and say, look, oh, I'm actually terrified. I'm worried. I'm concerned. Lest by any means, as the, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Are you seeing this? So Paul uses what Moses wrote in Genesis to explain a particular truth. In fact, this explanation here by Paul should be how you read Genesis. So, okay, I'll read verse 3 again. But I fear, but, but I'm terrified, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve. The word beguiled there means to deceive or to present an illusion that distracts away from the truth. So what did he do? The serpent beguiled, deceived Eve through what? Through his subtlety. The word subtlety there means through his works, right? Through all his works. So that word work there again, are you seeing it? Through his works or through the works mindset, yeah? Actually, I will explain this verse much more in detail. But through his subtlety, so your mind, so your mind, so meaning that he equated Eve to what? To our minds. So your mind should be corrupted from what? From the simplicity. The word simplicity means the singleness, the purity, right? The singleness, the, the purity, the unmixed nature and character of Christ. So meaning that so meaning that our minds would equate to Eve, then the serpent would equate to a corruption or a corrupted message concerning Christ. Yeah? A corrupted message concerning Christ. Or a corrupted message that brings in mixture regarding christ because the word simplicity means singleness unmixed pure right pure the purity of the gospel in christ okay he proves it in verse 4 he says for if he that cometh preaches another do you see another jesus mm. if he that cometh preaches another jesus whom we have not preached do you see do you remember Galatians 1? A different kind of gospel. A different kind of gospel. So there is a preaching of another. That word another there is the word hetero, which means a different kind of Jesus. <laughs> wow. Wow. A different kind of Jesus. So meaning preaching a Jesus that did not come to do what God 
spoke concerning him. So a different kind of Jesus. So what, what would be the right kind of Jesus? The right kind of Jesus would be the one who came to give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. A different kind of Jesus will be that uh, that's not what Jesus really came to do. Jesus was just another prophet. Yeah. Je- Jesus was just, um, you know, um, he was just a prophet that, you know, came, came to do miracles, thought about God and, um, you know, and died. Right? So that would be a different kind of Jesus. Okay, he goes on to explain further. He says, or ye receive another spirit which ye have not received. So we can say that preaching Jesus is also giving spirit. I'll say it again. Preaching Jesus is giving spirit. Yeah. So when we preach about what Jesus did, you know, preaching Jesus means Yahweh saves, right? Or God saves or God is salvation. So what are we preaching about? We are preaching about the salvation of God or we are preaching about how God saves men from their sins. And how did he do it? By becoming flesh, right? By becoming flesh in the person of Jesus and giving his life as a sacrifice, as a ransom, right? To us, to men. And by us receiving that life, right? We are then able to live unto him. So, so if anyone preaches Jesus, so when you actually preach Jesus, you are actually giving men the spirit. So which is why when they accept that gospel, when they believe that message of God's salvation, what have they done? They've also what? Received God's spirit. Received God's spirit. So I'll read the verse 4 again. For he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached, right? Or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted. So we can do a, an equation here, right? So preaching Jesus equals giving the spirit, which equals um, giving the gospel. Yeah? Or we can all put it together and wrap it up like this. By preaching the gospel concerning what Jesus did, what you are actually doing is that you are giving men the spirit. Okay? And then when they accept that message, when they believe that gospel, when they believe that message, what have they done? They've also what? Received the spirit of God. Remember John chapter 6? It says that the words that I speak unto you, what are they? They are spirit, even life, or they are spirit and life, or they are spirit which equips one to live according to God or to be alive to God. So, in the so, um, so Paul is saying that look, if anybody comes or he that comes preaching another Jesus, that is preaching a Jesus who did not give himself away for our sins, or preaching a Jesus that we are not identified with, <laughs> don't accept it. Don't accept it. In fact, uh, Paul is saying here in this verse 4 that unfortunately, they actually bear with such teachings. They bear with it. They, they put it up. Or, I mean, they put up with such messages. 
<laughs> so Paul is saying that, look, I'm worried. I'm actually concerned that that is the attitude and the approach you are giving to such persons. Yeah, that you are giving to such persons who teach, who, who, who teach a different Jesus or a different gospel or give a different spirit from that which we preach or from that which we teach. Yeah. And which is why if you read on, if you keep reading, uh, if you keep on reading, if you jump to verse 13, if you jump to verse 13, so that's in the same context in 2 Corinthians 11. It says, for such false prophets, I mean, false apostles, do you see? For such false apostles. What do they do? He says that uh, they, they, they are deceitful workers. Yeah? They are what? They are deceitful workers. They have a hidden agenda. Transforming themselves into what? The apostles of Christ. So, are they really genuinely apostles of Christ? No, remember the word apostle. One who has been sent on a mission to deliver a message. What is that message? A message of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? God giving himself, right, to man in the person of Jesus for our sins and much more being what's being raised up from the dead and we being raised up in union with him. But these people are false apostles, so they teach the opposite. Yeah? They teach the opposite. And then look at verse 14. <laughs> it says, it says, uh, and do not marvel or do not be amazed. It says, for Satan himself is transformed into an a the word transformed there means to masquerade, right? To, to masquerade. Okay, so Satan, uh, and, and and when we see Satan there, it, it, it's it's speaking about of course uh Diabolos, the accuser, right? The accuser. So the, the accuser is transformed into what? Into an angel. It's camouflage. It's, it's like a, uh, uh, a, a masquerade. You know how a masquerade you know, changes, puts, changes its form, right? It's transformed into what? An angel or a... You know, angel means messenger or one who delivers a message. So, the, so Satan, therefore, will be a form of a teaching, right? A teaching laced with accusation. Right? A teaching laced with condemnation. Right? But yet presented as a message of light. And so you'll notice what? Again, a mixture. <laughs> Do you see? It's always about a mixture. You know? And, and that's what, remember in the beginning, right? The fall of man. What happened? The devil said, are you sure? Are you sure that God said you should not eat of this tree? Don't you know that if you eat of this tree, you will be like God? And God doesn't want you to be like him. That's why he's saying, don't eat of this tree. So basically, it, it's rather than seeing their completeness in God, rather than seeing their perfection in God, right? They sought to do or to use their own efforts to become what God already made them to be. So God says, you are complete, you're perfect in me. Uh, they said, mm, no, we don't believe that. Rather, we will use our own efforts. We will use our own ability to become like God. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, God is like, look, you already made in my image and likeness. 
believe that accept that message accept my perfect work he said no 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 Mm-mm-mm. we will believe our own we will do our own works that is a different kind of gospel that's a different message that is that is what is considered a different spirit right that's a different spirit so read the verse 3 again but i fear yeah but i fear but but i'm afraid i'm terrified that just as the serpent right beguiled eve deceived by presenting an illusion in the mind right so when you are reading genesis the story of you don't be seeing eve one woman and one man and everything like that use the apostles explanation to understand what moses wrote about so moses was not writing about one physical serpent or one physical mm-mm. what is he talking about the serpent there will be teachings that corrupt right the the serpent there would be lies the serpent there would be illusions that are given to the minds of men to deceive yeah yeah to to deceive them to hoodwink them from the truth and the reality in christ to hoodwink them from the simplicity from the purity from the sincerity right in christ jesus that's what the word serpent means that's that's what serpent means so serpent is not talking about a literal snake or a being with horns and tails and fork and uh, uh, forks and all that stuff that's not what he's talking about that's not what he's talking about so serpent there will be teachings so which is why you have to take heed how you hear right you you and even when you've heard such you don't just take it lightly Oh, you don't bear with them. You don't be like the Corinthians who were bearing. And that's why they had so many problems doctrinally. And we're starting to now, um, uh, you know, not trust Paul's ministry to them. You know, which is largely what 2 Corinthians is all about. Right? So he says he deceives. The serpent, right? Deceives in the world. In this, in his subtlety. That was subtlety there. means in his works. All his works. And that's what he presents. He presents the illusion, the idea of using your own works or by your works or by your own efforts to be made complete in Christ which is totally contradictory from the true gospel right so that's what you do it takes you away from the simplicity remember simplicity means union simplicity means oneness simplicity means unmixed so what 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 do these teachings do they corrupt they bring a mixture into the they mix grace and law together you say hey you know you need to do 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 this do this do this before you are saved that's a mixture a mixture of grace and law thinking that it is that for you to be perfect so the basis is you are not yet perfect you still need to do this do this do this do this before you are now perfect in christ no, the believer is complete, is perfect, made complete, made perfect in Christ Jesus. Serpent says, no, 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 can't you see this weakness? Can't you see this that you, you did yesterday? You know, you still need to do this, you still need to do that. You know, and of course, it comes in the form of teachings, right? Then teachings will come, with different ministers. What does Paul say? He says, don't accept it. Don't bear up with it. 
right? Be aggressive against it. <laughs> Argue it out. Argue. Say, nope, nope, nope. This is not what God's word says. Take them through the scriptures. Like Paul and Barnabas had no small argument for such teachings, for such messages. We also take up that attitude and we take up that response. And that's why when you go back to Galatians, that's where we'll be rounding up. When you go back to Galatians chapter 1, what does he tell you? He tells you in, in verse 8. <laughs> he says, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be what? Accursed. Do away with such a message. Don't accept it. Believe it against it. Right? You know, believe it. Don't accept it. And that should be our heart's land. But of course, the only way by which we are able to respond in that manner is only when our minds are saturated with the true gospel of Christ. And that would be my admonition. That you, see, fix your mind, fix your gaze. Let your theater be what God has done in identifying you in his grace. Let your theater, let your mind be occupied, be completely occupied with the truth of your joint oneness in the gift that is Jesus, in the sacrifice of Jesus. See, it is not, there is nothing you can do, right, to please God, to do something for you. There is nothing. But rather, God has done everything. He has given himself to us. He has literally given us the totality of himself to prove that, look, I do not need any sacrifice from you. I don't need anything from you. I am the one that will be the sacrifice. And he did do so by giving Jesus to us. And so bask in that union. Bask in that truth. And believe it. Stand against, oppose, argue any message that contradicts that. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. Please do well to go back to these things and study them again and again and again. And I trust that you will be really blessed and edified by it and much more, you will encourage others by the same. Thank you once again. Remain blessed. <music>